Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about Daily Daf Differently, please visit jcastnetwork.org slash ddd. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Hello, my name is Rabbi Ethan Linden, and I am excited to be here for my third installment of the Daily Daf Differently. Today, we are studying Daf Lamed Hay of Masechet Yoma, the 30, page 35, Masechet Yoma. And uh, there's a, just an awesome uh, sugya on uh, Lamed Hay Amut Bet, which is of a piece with a lot of rabbinic discussions around Torah study. And it begins, Tanu Rabbanan, the rabbis teach, Aniv Ashir Rasha Ba'im Ladin. A poor person and a wealthy person and an evil person. Although translating Rasha here is evil is a little, a little bit off, I think, partly because, as we'll learn at the end of the sugya, the type of evil that we're talking about here seems to be uh, a sexual sort. Anyway, these three people, Ba'in Ladin, they all come before judgment. And they say to them, each one of them, Why didn't you spend more time studying Torah? And then each one has their excuse. Uh, the poor person can say, well, I was, I was very poor and I had to work in order to support myself. And the rich person says, well, I was very rich. What could, you know, I had, I had responsibilities. And uh, the, the, the Rasha, my favorite answer is the Rasha, who says, look, I was just very beautiful. And, uh, I, you know, I had other things to do. Wink, wink. And, of course, each of these answers of the poor and the rich and the Rasha, the, this evil, sensual person, is met with an example from tradition proving that had they wished to spend more time studying Torah, they certainly could have done so. The first example is Hillel Hazakain, who tradition tells us was very poor, so poor, in fact, that he could not even spend the time to go into the house of study where Shmaya and Avtalon were studying, and instead he put himself on the, the skylight window and the snow fell upon him, and he would have frozen to death had it not been for the fact that they noticed that the light was wrong in their room, and, and Hillel Hazakain just had no money, no way to support himself, and yet he became a great scholar. And then we have the example of the wealthy person, and the wealthy person is this Rabbi Eliezer who had so much money, just so much money, that it was almost absurd how much money he had, and yet he would go around studying Torah, and they tried, his servants tried to get him to give this up because, uh, they, you know, they wanted um, him to go back to his, uh, his possessions, but he refused. And 
and he continued studying Torah. And then interestingly, the third example, this Rasha, the, the response that we have to the Rasha, who, who again, as I said earlier, it's less about sort of base wickedness, it seems, and more about, at least based on how the person responds, which is that, you know, I was, I was beautiful and I had other things on my mind, essentially makes it seem that this rasha here, this is about sexual sin. And and interestingly here, they don't use a, a rabbi of our tradition, but rather they use Yosef, the, uh, the character, of course, in Genesis, who is said to be quite good-looking, so good-looking that the wife of Potiphar is just absolutely obsessed with the opportunity to sleep with him, and he continually refuses her, and then the Gemara here kind of invents this back and forth, whereby she threatens certain things, and he responds with biblical verses showing that despite her desires, and despite her threats, he, he would be protected. And I think Part of this is the Gemara's way of showing that Yosef was not just a good person, because after all, the goal here is not just about that he refused her advances, but but more that he was a learned person, right? The whole point here is that he was engaged in the study of Torah, so that when she asked him and he said no, his responses were not just that he was too good for her, but in fact, his responses come from his learning of Torah. His knowledge of Torah is what protects him. And that allows the rabbis to put Joseph on this same pedestal with Hillel Hazakain and Rabbi Eliezer, despite the fact that, of course, the pshat of the story in Genesis, the simple meaning of the story in Genesis, does not show Joseph as being particularly learned, rather that he is just unwilling to sleep with the wife of his employer, which does seem, after all, like a good policy. And so in the end of this sugya, it becomes very clear, as the rabbis say at the end, that Hillel mechayevet ha'anim, right? Hillel gives lie to the excuse of the poor. Rabbi Eliezer gives lie to the excuse of the rich. And Yosef mechayev et harishaim, and Joseph gives lie to the excuse of the wicked. And I think this is a really nice sugya, not just about what is important in life, and of course the rabbis believe that to study Torah is of utmost importance, but also the notion that each type of person can choose for themselves what will be important in their lives, and that we are not constrained entirely by our circumstances. We can, after all, break through what has been given us and find a way to live a meaningful life despite what constraints we have been given. I'll also note at the end here that I think it's very interesting to have poor, rich, and then rasha, this kind of wickedness. And it does seem to me that though the excuse of the poor and the rich, that is, I had not enough money to worry about Torah, and I had so much money that I couldn't worry about Torah, are of a different sort than the excuse of the Rasha, whose excuse, after all, seems a tad odd. Well, I was such a good-looking person that I had to occupy myself with other pursuits. And it's perhaps for this reason that the response comes not from an exemplar of the rabbinic sort, 
but an exemplar of the biblical sort, as if to say the Rasha's answer is so foolish that all we can do is say, read Torah and you'll see the answer to this one. You don't even need to know the more exotic examples of Hillel Hazakain and Rabbi Elazar. You, you, you just really need to have read Torah to understand that your answer as a Rasha is not acceptable. In any case, this sugya makes clear that all people, no matter what their circumstances, should of course be busying themselves with the study of Torah, for when Yom Hadin arrives, there will be no excuse that cannot be refuted from evidence. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the opening and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epic Chorus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.